When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Monday after Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10, the 40-year vet Tim May. Andy Backstrom, it's me, Spencer Holbrook. We're back inside the greatest city on earth. We're back inside the greatest stadium on earth. It is in the horseshoe for the Monday after Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10. Tim, opening thoughts after re-watching Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10, and then driving through some rain-soaked roads. Yeah, well, my first opening thought is it kind of feels like when we were standing there, this trio was standing there on the stadium in Camp Randall uh, late on Saturday night with Ohio State, you know, obviously pulling off a 24-10 road victory. And my, my thought was, this just keeps going through my brain. Maybe this is the Ohio State offense we're going to get this year. Good, inconsistent, good inconsistent but good enough you, you know in the bigger games that was a big game on saturday night at wisconsin that team is fighting to play for the west division championship the last west division championship <laughs> and uh and you know because teams kind of become what they are by this time in the season you know against better teams but this team like uh, andy and i were talking before we started it looks like uh cal mccord is good enough when it matters. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. For sure. This team is good enough when it matters. This team is going to give up, it looks like, one touchdown drive a game and then go from there. You know, if you can score 15 points offensively, you got a good chance to win your games. And it may even be mean the end game of the regular season. So that, to me, sums this up. This team has been good enough so far. Yeah, I think this defense is going to travel and we're eight games in. And I think we know what we're going to get from this defense now, which it felt like every week was a test or a referendum, as we used to say. Yeah. I think now we know. We have our answer here. They haven't let up an opponent score more than 17 points in a game this season. They only let up 10 on Saturday. And they only let up 12 the week before against Penn State. And this defense, time and time again, delivers stops. That goal line stand, I wrote about it. We talked about it. Felt like that was important because Wisconsin comes out in the second half and scores a touchdown. That would have given them the lead had yeah. they not made that goal end stand and forced a field goal. This defense just makes the right adjustments quickly. I think that's the byproduct of being the second year of Jim Newell's system. We talked about that all offseason. Now we see it on the field. The one thing that's positive for me about this offense is that the rushing game finally got going with Travion Henderson. And I think that's where you have some hope that maybe this won't be the offense the whole year. Like maybe there is hope for that next level because if this run game can get going with Travion Henderson and that offensive line, maybe yeah. they could have a higher ceiling. If, if Travion stays healthy. Right. Well, here's here's the thing that I took away from the rewatches. Um, as long as you have number 18 and number 32, you're getting what you need from Kyle McCord. And Ohio State fans don't want to hear that because it's not C.J. Stroud, it's not Justin Fields, it's not Heisman Trophy quarterback play. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. It's very hard to have four, five straight Heisman Trophy contending quarterbacks. 
Look at Alabama, who doesn't have one right now. Look at Texas, who has quarterback issues because Quinn Ewers is hurt. Look at uh, even Michigan. J.J. McCarthy's playing really well. Is he playing at a Heisman Trophy level? We don't really know. Like, it is hard for a quarterback to play at Heisman Trophy levels. And I get that that's become the expectation, but I think that's a little too spoiled because to think that every single quarterback is going to be a Heisman Trophy contender is, is just silly. Yeah. Um, what, well, I, what I will say is you, you're allowed to do it, just it, don't be disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yeah. I think Kyle McCord has been good at times, he's been rough, a rough watch at times, but he's completing over 60% of his passes, he's getting the ball to number 18, which is the thing he has to do, even more so than completing 60% of his passes. If he completed 30% and they all went to 18 and they scored 24 points and won the game, who cares because 18 needs the ball and 6 is getting him the ball. Yeah. And then with Travion, you're getting what you need out of the running game right now. Travion's last three games, 86 yards, over 100 yards against Notre Dame, and then 162. Like Those are his, his last three sample size. He's averaging over 100 yards a game. So you're getting good rushing output when Travion's got the ball and when he's healthy. You're getting really good output from your Heisman Trophy contending wide receiver, and that's what you need right now. I think there has to be another step taken by this offense, but you're winning games. Here's and the step they need to take. The step is consistency. Yes. From one uh, possession to the other. We've only seen that rarely uh, from this team this year. Mm -hmm. That's what I think befuddles you know fans. I'm getting texts all through the games from friends of mine and stuff and going, Same. what happened to McCord? You look so good, you know, but I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, but this is pretty much a, a general sample. He looked so good last last series, what happened to it? And because uh, it just looks like sometimes either he's not understanding what he's seeing on the field uh, or the ball is just coming out of his hand wrong for whatever reason. You know, it reminds me of a major league pitcher who first inning strikes out everybody, the second inning walks three guys, but gets out, you know, uh, gets out of the inning somehow, and then blah, blah, you know, right on down the line. And if they ever get the consistency part of this thing figured out, and part of it may be play calling, to be honest with you, kind of a letting a quarterback get a feel for a game and then go from there. You know, there are all kinds of things I know Ryan Day is looking at right now. What causes this, uh, you know, feast, famine, feast, famine, Feast, feast, famine, you know, type yeah. uh, approach. Because as I asked him about, uh, you know, after the game again on Saturday night, and he's talked about before, they left they left points on the field against Notre Dame, against Pitt. Neither one of those games should have been as close as they were. And then again on Saturday night at Wisconsin. Uh, that's a tough place to play. They got out of there with a 14-point victory. That's big time. But it could have been so much more. I think that's what – that is the thing. It could be so much more is the lament right now. So here's the deal, Andy. Four of 11 to start with an interception. Comicord ends 13 of 15 with another interception and two intentional groundings, but 13 of 15. So you're getting erratic to bad quarterback play to open games. You're getting decent quarterback play in the middle chunk where you've got uh, another interception, which Ryan Day didn't really put on Kyle McCord. Um, and then you've got 13 of 15 in there but also with two intentional groundings. Like, you see how special he can be on those deep outs where he throws a rope from the other hash. You see it on the slant where he throws just a dart where only Carnell Tate can catch it and Carnell Tate's good enough to snag it. And then the very next throw he throws the interception. Like, it's just so, like, stop and go. It's like you're pressing the gas and the brake at the same time. Yeah, Inconsistent, well, I think, is the word. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's that deep ball to Julian Fleming. It should have been caught and Julian Fleming came up injured after that play. There was also a should have been touchdown pass to Travion Henderson. 
almost a basket catch in the end zone. Yeah. Travion Henderson lined up in the slot, beat his linebacker, and then couldn't bring that one in. He had a great day receiving, but not on that play. Yeah. And, and so I think those are two passes right there where Common Court's stat line would look pretty different. And, uh, you Agreed. know, it's just, it's just one of those things where feels like we've had a lot of those moments, but I will say the biggest thing that sticks out to me when we're rewatching these games is the common court's pocket presence needs a lot of work. And I think sometimes, you know, an offensive lineman will get beat, but it's also because common court's not stepping up in the pocket and he's just dropped back, but he yeah. won't move up to help his offensive lineman. So the, the edge rusher is getting around the edge and then, yeah, they're beat. And, but common court's right there where if he slid up in the pocket, he might have an extra second or two. So. There are times, like on the fumble, he had Marvin Harrison Jr. down, downfield open. Yeah. If he had just slid up a little bit, maybe he gets the ball there. And so the fumbling issue, the intentional groundings, which is also part of pocket presence and awareness to get the ball out, throw it out of bounds without committing that penalty, or just near a receiver. Yeah. Those are the things that I think really frustrate Ryan Day right now because those were two intentional groundings that pushed him out of field goal range when they could have taken a two-possession lead instead of a one, and that's what you're trying to do to close out a game on the road. Yeah, and it's bothered, it's bothered, bothered, you, bothered, bothered me for a while now, just from the standpoint of critiquing, is his, his move is a fail backwards. I mean, his move is a bailout backwards. Uh, and, it, you know, we, we, we talked about this on an, on an earlier, uh, after an earlier game where uh, Josh Fryer was being berated for giving up a set. No, he gave up the sack because uh, – Kyle McCord backed all the way out of the back of the pocket. And uh, you can't chase a defensive lineman, you know, 20 yards downfield if you're a tackle. He had set up the, the perimeter of the pocket. But Kyle, and you know, like the other night when uh, he hits uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. in a little drag route uh, for the touchdown, and Marvin Harrison Jr. turns into an almost identical touchdown that he had uh, here against Penn State, he's falling backwards on that throw. And uh, there, are t- there are times for those kind of things, but he just – there are just these little things I know they're trying to clean up with this guy because he can be, he can be that quarterback. Well, he has shown, like you pointed out, he has shown the arm strength and the accuracy uh, to be that quarterback that you expect. Now, when he gets a Mecca back too, his really his fallback, his default button when things go wrong, uh, that's going to help too. Yeah, there are three throws that stick out to me from Kyle McCord that showed like, okay, he's still, he's got it. He just has to fine tune a lot, but he's got it, folks. Like there's a, a, a deep out to Marvin Harrison Jr. from the opposite hash that I fell in love with. I was like, that's a pro throw. That's a CJ Stroud throw. Tommy pro throw. There's a throw to Carnell Tate on the slant right before the, the second interception yeah. that was like, okay, that's, a, that's an NFL level dart. And then there's the throw where he gets hit from behind from the blind side, doesn't even see it coming, stands in an actual clean pocket where he did step up in the pocket. You got a defensive back blitzing who destroys him from the blind side, and he still delivers a rope across the very middle of the field, downfield to Marvin Harrison Jr. in the middle of four different defensive backs. And you say, whoa, that's a throw. And then there's the intentional grounding. And there's a second intentional grounding. Then there's him on first and goal where he rolls out. He uh, maybe takes even a bad angle on the rollout. He has nothing doing. And instead of throwing it into that 
uh, jumping around student section at Wisconsin. He heaves it into the middle of the end zone and throws a bad interception that Ryan Day said, yeah, that's a bad decision. Yeah. So like, it's just so, you like the word consistency, I like the word erratic, because when he gets into a groove, he is consistent. He was 13 of 15 for a while. He was, uh, he completed, I think, his last seven throws, all seven in the second half, there were the, but there were those two intentional groundings. That's not inconsistency, that's just erraticism of like, you're trying to make a play, and when you try to make a play and do too much, it seems like you're just doing too much. And well, so well, I, I you can you can okay. do you can use both words. words. Yeah, no. you can use both words. I, I like the word erratic because I see it from him. I just like I just dislike the inconsistency of this offense from one possession to the next. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. So hey, uh, can we agree? And the bottom line is that this team does run into an invisible barrier at about the twenty yard line that is without debate. Whatever the reason is, they run into this barrier and they can't, they just consistently can't get through it. For one, in one form, boy, you get them from, uh, from 15 yards and back and they will beat you every time. Just like the pass to uh, Travion Henderson that he couldn't handle. They worked on that all week, as, uh, as uh, Ryan said, and then he drops the ball. But the bottom line is he had a hell of a night. But that hurt them, you know, yeah. in, that, in that point. I mean, they just aren't making those plays down there, the rollout right that you talk about, where I mean, you're sitting here going, throw the ball into the stands, live to play another day. I mean, mm -hmm. instead he tried to work it in there to Colonel Tate, and he clearly didn't see – I hope he didn't see those defenders. I hope he didn't just throw it hoping Colonel Tate was going to bail him out because it wasn't anywhere close to the kind of pass it would. And see, we're nitpicking on Kyle McCord. I was just trying to look it up, and I didn't get good uh, – internet reception here. I'm not sure where he's ranked today in the Big Ten among passers. He's the leading passer in the exactly. Big Ten. Exactly. That's my point. This guy's playing at a high level, but you can see where it can be higher. Yes. Is, is the frustration for the fans at the moment. So, Tim, I think maybe a middle ground you and I can find is McCord has middle been... middle ground. It's just erratic and inconsistent. It's the same pretty much thing to me. Well, I think McCord has been more erratic. The offense drive to drive has been inconsistent. So maybe we can just find a middle ground there. Andy. Um, well, isn't he driving it? Sure. Whatever you want to say. I uh, want him driving your school bus, I guess what I would say. He may miss a stop every now and then. Uh, Travion Henderson, though, Andy, is not missing anything right now. Like I said, averaging over 100 yards a game in his last three when he's healthy. Um, talked about the cheap shot that he took against Notre Dame. We went back and found it. Believe it's on a second and 12 run in, with 12 minutes to go uh, against Notre Dame where a Notre Dame linebacker kind of spears him while he's on the ground at the end of the play. Yep. Um, whatever that injury was, it was obviously worse than just maybe like a, a, a bone bruise or a rib bruise or something. Um, not going to speculate, but it kept him out for a month. Everybody thinks that he's soft and that he can't can't play. And maybe the offense is just as the same without him. I think that that uh, myth has been completely dispelled after what we saw Saturday night. Well, uh, I mean, it's just a larger issue about injuries and how they're disclosed, right? I mean, if you didn't mention Kyle McCord, he's probably dealing with something right now. We saw yeah. him leaving the game with Definitely. ice. And he was hobbled in that game, and I think we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that he's fighting through injury right now, and, and his leadership is something they all talk about after the game. So that's another thing that we need to just point out, first of all. Travion Henderson, yes, doesn't play for a month, uh, but comes back, doesn't skip a beat. And I think he played one of his best games in an Ohio State uniform. They look different. Yes, they do. It's a different When he's team. on the field. It mm -hmm. looks like it goes from, like, not from a pretty good jet fighter to a big-time jet fighter from the standpoint of the speed that's involved with, with the offense. Yep. Because he, he, I mean, it's it, it's hard for people, unless you're sitting there watching it, it's hard to imagine 
just how much faster the offense looks when Trevion Henderson's in there. Even when he's getting stoned at the line of scrimmage a couple times, he's still getting in there, you know what I mean? And I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but, but it's noticeable, right? Yeah, I thought one of my favorite things about the rushing attack on Saturday was that they had Xavier Johnson still involved, which I really liked what they did at Purdue. With yeah. And he had a lot of the perimeter runs, but they like to use uh, Trevion Henderson on the inside zone runs, and I thought that was particularly effective to have that you know, yin and yang balance. And I thought that it was really really keeping uh, Wisconsin on its toes throughout the game. But then at the end, you know, you also see Trayvon Henderson breaking outside on a toss play for 30 yards. And then you also see his touchdown run, which I thought was some of the best vision I've seen from a running back this year. In and, any pa- game. and patience. And patience, right, because he's kind of weaving and snaking through that offensive line and receivers and tight ends blocking for him. I thought that that was just kind of everything coming together for this run game, which at times has just been so herky-jerky. So that was really important for him. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I've noticed about when Travion Henderson has the ball, and I don't think it's like something where the offensive line tell themselves like, hey, we gotta, we got to work harder. we got to have better blocks because Travion's in there, or the wide receivers and tight ends saying, hey, we need to do a better job when Travion's in there. I think it's almost just like an inherent thought, like um, you know, subconsciously thinking that Travion Henderson can do 70 yards at once anytime he touches the ball that like the offense just seems to block better when he's in there and there, there seems to the be second level and let him do his thing there seems to be a level of confidence from wide receivers when Travion's getting the ball from tight ends when Travion's getting the ball from the pulling offensive linemen they just look like they've got a little bit more to them when Travion and maybe that's just because Travion's so quick and it looks better when he has the ball but it just seems like there's a subconscious confidence yeah. in everything that they're doing when he has the football and that matters because this offense and this offensive line has been inconsistent hold on a second has been inconsistent all year and it just didn't look that way when Travion was carrying the but, ball and that's important but it looked like go ahead Dallin Hayden went in the game against Purdue like I said all of a sudden it looked like the offensive line was a hell of a lot better <laughs> and uh, there's something to be said for speed and there's something to be said for patience and then speed and uh, that's the bad thing for Travion Henderson uh, up until now in the season is he came in hellbent to this year mm-hmm. to leave his mark. And after taking that rib shot, you know, which you know, caused some internal problems the way I understand it, but I just left it as a rib shot uh, that just didn't feel right to him when he's warming up uh, and things finally it did because you got to let things inside heal sometimes, right? Uh, but he came back out just like he looked, in my opinion, in, in you know earlier in the year where he is he's ready to, to rock and roll and do whatever it takes to get to the end zone. But there's something about a guy just hitting the hole, man, uh, being patient and hitting the hole that just jumps out at you. And it's only like a half step, but it makes so much of a difference the way the offense looks. Defensively, let's switch gears here on the Monday after Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10. Uh, defensively, some housekeeping. There is the JT Tuimolo situation to monitor. He came back in the game, but he was clearly in some pain when he left the field at the end of the first half, something that we'll try to get updates on from Ryan Day uh, at some point this week. Um, you saw multiple guys getting up just slow, just because the, I'll make a comment. That turf was hard. Um, I don't know if it was just because it was cold, but that turf just felt hard. Oh, uh, it felt like a stone. Hey, but Purdue's real, real grass felt hard to me. I mean, oh, I thought it was soft. No, anyway, no way. Anyway. Uh, the big one is Lathan Ransom, who Some left the field. boxes I've been on, but go ahead. Lathan Ransom left the field uh, on a cart after not being able to walk on his own. 
um, and it looked like a non-contact injury, then comes back on the field to end the game, um, obviously not playing, but came back on the field, was walking a little bit, but was very, very ginger um, in the way that he was walking, a lot, a lot of uh, laboring to, to get back to the locker room. Um, from what I have understood so far, um, from what Letterman Rowe has understood so far, and maybe Tim, you can echo this, he seems to have avoided yeah. some bad things, um, and you hope to get him back here soon. I, I, I don't know about if uh, Rutgers is the time when he's going to get back, but I, I don't think he's long-term from what we understand so far. From what we understand, yeah. So there's a, though, that's the good news. And JT Tuimolawa did play in the second half. That's the good news. So, Tim, thoughts on the defense? Just that. Yeah, boy, it, if, in fact, they lose Lathan Ransom for a while, that's a big loss. The guy's playing at an incredibly high level. JT Tuimolawa, you know, what, he ran into Jack Sawyer, I think, right? Well, kind of like whipped. He kind of got whipped around. Yeah, he w got whipped around. Bottom line is, he, he, you know, what bothered me is where he was putting his hand. Yeah, which is very similar to a core kind of a muscle kind of thing. And you're just going, oh no, not Nick Bosa again. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that was horrible. But he comes back. Oh boy, what a tough nut. And he played Cause he, well because he was he. He's like one of those Chris Spielman types. There's no way you're helping him off the field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get to the sideline on my own, you know, and we'll deal with it there. And he got there, and, and you know, I watched him the whole way after that. Of course, that was during that goal line stand, uh, which was uh, exciting football. But, but then he comes out and plays in the second half, and you're going, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully take it easy on him this week because they, you know, they need him down the stretch. But, but he just heightened his, I don't know, heightened his reputa reputation with me from the way he got up from that and then came back out and played the entire second half. And he looked good. And he looked good doing it. I mean, this guy, boy, if he just had the numbers to go along with the way he is playing and impacting games, it would be it would be phenomenal right now. But he is having impact on games. And of course, Tommy Eichenberg grabbing the shovel pass play. That was such big time awareness and strength. Uh, Braylon Allen, Braylon Allen, uh, of course, stayed down and uh, then was helped off and never played again. I'm talking about Wisconsin star running back. That was a huge juncture in that game. Like you wrote about the goal line stand. So many things happened in that goal line stand. It was crazy. But I, but, the, but to me, it was a show that this defense, first and goal at the one yard line, Wisconsin, with this big time back, and they have to settle for a field goal. That was a major moment for Ohio State's defense. Now, I know they gave up a touchdown on the very first drive of the second half. That's their one touchdown they give up every game. But this defense has come of age. Thoughts on the defense, Andy? Yeah, I'll start by saying I think Wisconsin might have something in Braden Locke watching that game back. Like, yeah, he starts one of eight. And you could see that the nerves might have gotten to him, second career start. Yeah. Throwing some bullets when you need some softballs, like at times. But the arm talent was certainly there. Also, he dealt with five drops by Wisconsin's receivers. And sometimes Ohio State's defense got bailed out by that. Yeah. I did realize that watching that back. Mm -hmm. um, and then, it was Halloween, though. Boo! <laughs> right, right. So, but overall, this defense, when you watch it back the first quarter, immediately they force a fumble. It's really hard to tell who forced it. Some people credited Jack Sawyer with it, which doesn't make sense to me. He wasn't really in on that play. And other people, uh, I think it was PFF, credited Lathan Ransom with it. But I think it was Steel Chambers that yeah. actually punched the ball out. Yeah, that's what we Braylon thought Allen. anywhere at, at right. the moment, yeah. As good as Braylon Allen has been this year and in his career, he has had a fumbling issue this season. And he fumbled twice on the first two drives. The second time, Jordan Hancock, who's been great as a run defender for this team, laid his helmet in and popped the ball out. Now, Ohio State didn't recover that time, 
but I thought those were two great defensive plays to start out. Yeah. Tyreek Williams needs to be shouted out again. He had a uh, pass batted down, which was his fifth pass defended this year. He's just been a menace on the defensive line, getting his hands Bryce up. Bryce had a flashback to the Browns from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he had two TFLs, so he's leading the team in TFLs as well. So Tyreek Williams is one of those spotlight guys that you just need to be watching for, in addition to Jack Sawyer, who I talked about after the video and wrote about. I thought he was great in run defense, and I hope that more people can just kind of wrap their heads around the fact that like just because he's not rushing the passer with a ton of sacks uh, he is getting some pressure at times but he's also a very valuable run defender which is a great thing to have opposite he of is, JT he, Tuomola. I, I wish I'd used this in the little story I wrote after the game but uh, he, he is what I'd call a five-star rising <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. because he's definitely playing on a different level than he was even at the beginning of the year and you've got a five-star player who's coming on now. Yeah. That's the thing about this Ohio State team, but the defense especially, I mean, there are some guys playing next level, right? Yeah. You agree, right, yeah. Spencer? I, I would agree with that. I think Jack Sawyer is starting to play at a really high level. If you, you're not gonna, here's the deal about Jack Sawyer though, you're not gonna notice it when you're watching the game. Yeah. You're gonna notice it the second time you watch, the third time you watch, even the fourth time you watch, if you're a little bit of a crazy man like I am, like you're gonna see him. And you're going to see the kind of impact he's having, whether that's uh, you know ushering a running back back into the to the lane for linebackers to, to clean it up and make a tackle, right. whether that's being a half a second late to a sack, but he's still forcing a throw that a quarterback doesn't want to make across the middle that almost gets picked off by uh, Josh Proctor on fourth down. Those yeah. are the kind of plays that Jack Sawyer's having an impact on that you do not notice on the NBC copy the first time you watch. But when you watch it the second time, you're going to say, oh, man, 33 looks good there. 33 looks good there. Oh, man, hey, 33's having a pretty good game. So I, I think Jack Sawyer deserves a lot of flowers right now because all the attention goes to JT Tumimolowau and, and Tyler Williams. But, but I thought Jack Sawyer had a good game. The other guy I'm going to shout out, he only played a couple snaps, but Hero Canoe gets in yeah. there on one play toward the middle of the field. And the very first play, he fires off the ball well, throws a, an offensive lineman off of him. Uh, that's a Wisconsin corn-fed offensive lineman. He throws right off of him. Yeah. And then he makes a tackle one or two yards down the field. That's a really good play for a young player, and that can ignite him to kind of maybe start to be part of this rotation. I thought it was interesting. That was a really good play for an older player. Yeah, I thought it was – it, uh, it reminded me it, – it, I don't want to compare him to people because I don't think we've seen enough of him. That right there reminded me of a Tommy Togi I play. Yeah. Where you're on the interior, you're, he, Hero Canoe is massive. Um, he, 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 he almost doesn't know how good he is yet. Yeah. I mean, that's he, but the kind of player he is. Tommy Togi, I used to take a offensive lineman, stand him up, throw him to the side, and he wouldn't make tackles for loss. He'd make a tackle one or two yards down the field on what otherwise would have been a seven or eight yard gain. It was only one play, but I think it's worth noting that Hero Canoe made that play against Wisconsin and not just against like a Youngstown State or a Western Kentucky. So I, I, I did want to shout out Hero. I want him Hero. to excel because what a great, great oh, yeah. football name, Hero Canoe. <laughs> Watch out when he gets his paddle out. Uh, Andy, before we get out of here, it is cold, folks. I don't know if this video is going to be shorter than normal, but it's cold. We're going yeah. home. Andy, closing thoughts. Uh, defensively, I thought that Denzel Burke, having him back, was crucial. Jordan Hancock said after the game, you know, just made his life a lot easier. He could focus on being the nickelback. And I thought Denzel Burke was a huge key factor in this win because he has the pass breakup on third and eight with a lot of hand fighting there but not called for anything on either side. Gets the pass breakup and then immediately Ohio gets the ball, runs three straight times, third run. Trayvon Anderson scurrying to the end zone for 33 yards. So that defensive play was huge for Denzel Burke. Uh, offensively, my last takeaway is probably zero targets for Cade Stover, zero receptions, of course. 
and that is kind of alarming to me. I don't think you can let that happen in a game plan. They need to script more plays for him. He is right now with the Mecca Ibuka out, their second most valuable receiver. Yeah. Entering this game against everyone but Youngstown State, he had at least multiple catches and 50 or more receiving yards. They have zero targets. I don't think they can have another game like that. Yeah, and he was very much integral in their pass pro. Right. You know, which was they evidently saw stuff on video, and I, you could see it too in the game that. Wisconsin a little bit uh, uh, unpredictable in the way it liked to blitz and our stunt and things like that. And so they used him a lot in that. I was, you know, all like the fourth quarter, I'm just going, yeah, Kate Stover had caught a pass, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going, wow, you know, because we were always, but the point is that was a big, that was a, that was a, a stat, an interesting stat. Uh, I think he's a little banged what, up too. Well, what stands out, yeah. What stands out to me though is they gave up the, they gave up the uh, touchdown to start the second half defensively and then didn't get, basically shut them down mm-hmm. from there, much like the Purdue game, right? Uh, when you've got a defense playing at that level, uh, sometimes you don't need a whole lot of points to win. But this Ohio State offense, we've talked about it before, has a propensity to make the big play when it matters. Now you got to make those other plays, which make the big plays not necessary. You understand what I'm saying? The yeah. big touchdown, the clinching touchdown, you know, because that game went into the fourth quarter in doubt, mm-hmm. and you don't need that. Uh, uh, this week against uh, against Rutgers at Rutgers, Rutgers plays a very physical kind of football, especially on defense. We'll see if Ohio State can get it going, can have play a more consistent game. But but defensively, I, I think this defensive renaissance is for real. My closing thought is that the national conversation around this team is the most lazy I've ever heard from an Ohio State perspective. It is so lazy. This defense is very good. The offense is not bad. And to be 30th nationally on offense and second nationally on defense is is no different than last year when this team was second offensively and 30th defensively and everyone thought they could win a national championship. And all of a sudden, now they're second defensively and 30th offensively and the conversation is they can't beat Georgia, they can't beat Michigan, they can't do this, they can't do that and they just keep winning games. Well, those are the guys and, that picked Penn State. Though, but they're too, they're more win. they've they've played in hostile environments. They've played with adversity. They're playing with a hurt quarterback right now they've who's trying to lead them. Plays. Yeah, yeah, they they're making clutch plays and it just continues to be well, they don't look good because the offense isn't scoring 40 a game. When the offense doesn't have to because all of a sudden they now have a defense. So, I think the national conversation is extremely lazy. It's pretty disappointing because this is one of the five premier programs in the country. You would think people would want to know what they're talking about when they talk about this program. You want to punch somebody? Or you want I kind of do. What's the deal here, Spence? I kind of do because I, I take a lot of that in, and we had eight hours to kind of take it all in yesterday, <laughs> and we were listening, and every time they talked about Ohio State, it was either Andy or I looking at each other, and we were like, what? <laughs> you should have heard me talking to myself in my own car. <laughs> you should have just gave us a call, too. It was kind of a similar, it was kind of a similar thing because I'm listening – to stuff as I'm hurtling back, you know, across the Midwest, because I love to drive. People know that about me, and uh, and you're, you know, but really, you know, Ohio State was given no chance against Georgia last year by yeah. most people. We thought they had a shot, but you know why? Because they had a quarterback yeah. that can play with anybody. Now, I feel like they've got a defense that can play with anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a day of reckoning is coming one way or the other. Uh, the end of the the end of November at Ann Arbor. You know, how good is this team compared to that team? Has it, in fact, fixed the things that the last two years have gotten it beat by uh, by the University of Michigan? We're going to find out. All signals point to Ohio State being pretty good in that game, you know. Uh, but uh, 
You're supposed to laugh there, Spence. Well, Michigan might have the signals that point to Ohio State being pretty good. Well, that's the, that was the joke. You don't <laughs> have to, so. When it's funny, you don't have to, like, explain it. But, uh, but the bottom line is I think this team does have a real defense now. It's going to give up a play or two a game. Everybody does. But like you just pointed out, Denzel Burke coming back. Denzel Burke's one of the elite corners in the country right now. Yeah. Agreed? Yes. And when you have a defense, you can play. You can compete with anybody. It can keep you in games. And uh, that, to me, is the, is the big selling point about this team to this date now, 8-0. Yeah, one of the conversations, real quick, and then I'm going to get us out of here, is like I heard somebody say, well, can, can Ohio State hold Georgia to 30? Well, can Georgia score 30 on Ohio State? Can anyone score 30 on Ohio State? I have my doubts. But we're going to find out because Ohio State goes on the road to Rutgers. They play Michigan State at home. They play Minnesota at home, and then they go to Ann Arbor. I know you're all skipping forward to November 25th, but November 4th in, in Piscataway is going to be interesting because Rutgers has a good defense and Ohio State's quarterback is a little hobbled. Um, we're going to get more updates from Ryan Day on that on Tuesday uh, when he has his press conference in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Letterman Row will be there with full coverage. Go get that coverage. $1 for a month. Talk about pricing later after that. The 40-year vet, Tim May. His content resides there. Andy Backstrom, his does as well. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Monday after Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10. We'll see you guys in the Woody on Tuesday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.